This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Craig Ellingson. I'm a sports editor at the Edmonton Journal and Edmonton Sun. And this is our Oilers podcast. And the date is April 28th, 2016. We're two days away from the NHL draft lottery. And uh, with me in studio today, I've got journal columnist Dan Barnes. Hello, Dan. How are you, Craig? I'm good. Derek Fendis, sports writer. Hello. And Jim Matheson, sports writer. Hello, Craig. Uh, I told you before I'd crack a joke about it's actually mostly hockey writer but a couple of years ago you wrote a soccer story so it was a good one too i remember it do you no okay anyway draft lottery the Oilers finished 29th in the nhl out of 30 so uh but of course they have to do a very good job of winning lotteries so they could very well pick number one if everything shakes out on saturday uh, five o'clock mountain time is when the lottery is uh, supposed to start or when they draw the balls and whatnot. And, of course, there's more than one lottery. There's three. Um, but what if the Oilers win the lottery? Austin Matthews is the, I guess, the consensus number one overall pick. Who knows? But what if the Oilers win number one? What do they do with that pick? Do they keep it in, and there's scenarios here. What do they do? Well, Matty, uh, didn't you... Didn't you suggest that they really ought to deal that pick for a defenseman? And everybody talks about their need for defenseman. It's obvious they have a need for the guy who can play 25, 28 minutes, whatever it is, move the puck so that uh, Connor McDavid doesn't actually have to take it the length of the ice every single time. Um, it was an interesting thought, and I, I don't know if you're still there, Matty, or whether you think they need Austin Matthews or, or whether they do something else. I think they should trade down. If, in fact, they find somebody still wanting Austin Matthews by the end of this over Patrick Laine. And I think they need a guy like Laine, a finisher, a guy who can take all those passes from McDavid and make sure they're in the back of the net. I think Everly struggled a bit um, with that at the end of last or this most recent season. I think they need a guy who's more dependable. And I don't know if it's Laine or not. He's a kid. He's played really well in, in Finland, but can he do it in the NHL? Who knows? He's supposed to be able to step right in. But uh, I would defer to James Donald Matheson on this one. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, yeah, you could. I think they will shop. the If they get the first pick, they'll shop it uh, and see who's out there. Not every team uh, needs a uh, number one center. Some teams already have them. And not every team has a defenseman that the Oilers would want for that first pick overall. So it's nice to say that uh, you could, you know, trade the pick to say Toronto if they don't get the first pick, so they get Austin Matthews. But unless they're going to trade the Oilers Morgan Riley, which they are not, I don't believe, um, they're kind of out of the out of the picture too. And Ottawa's not trading Eric Carlson. Montreal, of course, could trade PK Subban, but then you'd have to drop all the way back to number nine, um, and that doesn't really work either. So. The other scenario would be that they keep 
Austin Matthews, and they trade Leon Dreisaitl instead. Um, lots of teams want Leon Dreisaitl uh, for a defenseman, so they could keep Matthews and have Matthews and McDavid and trade Dreisaitl in a package to try to get a defenseman. Well, if I was the owners and I got Austin Matthews, I would go to the Arizona Coyotes and say, give us Oliver Eckburn Larson and you can have Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews, the local boy, he will save that franchise there, and I think that's one of the reasons they made the management change in, in Arizona is because the guy not only did not want to trade Oliver Eckburn Larson for Austin Matthews if that scenario occurred, and now they brought in a pretty much a, a younger guy, yes man, that probably would make that trade. Austin Matthews is a... Is a He's a huge commodity in Arizona. He's a local kid. He's from there. He's the first player to come out of that area, and I think it would be a huge draw to get him. So if you if you landed a player like Austin Matthews, my first phone call would be to the Arizona Coyotes and say, okay, give us Oliver Ekman Larson, and you can have this kid. That would be straight up, however. Straight no, up. Nothing else. Yeah, yeah, there'd be, be nothing up. else. You, you know, you'd just say, okay. Well, there's you, your number one defenseman. You need a number one defenseman. And then and there we won't is. even talk about anything else. You can have the first pick, and we're not talking. But the problem is, a lot of the other teams, if they say no, then you're dealing with teams that pick farther back in the draft, and you, it's tough to flip picks if you don't, if you, you know, if you're with a ninth team picking ninth or tenth or something, and then guarantee. Well, I wouldn't trade a pick. I'd, I'd wait, go to the draft, and then draft the kid. And now you have the asset in your hand. And who wants them? Like, I, I wouldn't go with dealing with picks. I would say, we're going to draft them number one overall. If you guys want them, you have to give us Oliver Leckman Larson for them and let them think about it for the next three months. And if they don't want to, though, well, then, that, then, I think that's then you're one going of the, to other why, teams. That's one of the reasons they made the, 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 the management change because I know that the last guy didn't want to. He went out on the record and said, I'm not going to do that, and he got fired. Now you look at, okay, what were the reasons there? Why did they fire this guy if the team did a lot better than expected this year? Is because I'm pretty sure ownership wants this kid. Well, on I, th- that I team. think the, the there is another situation here where I think Don has sold the management there on going young, and then when he said I'm not trading Oliver Ekman Larson, they said, Well, what do you mean? If we got a chance at Austin Matthews, you just you're just going against what you said. We're gonna you know we're gonna take Austin Matthews in. So I think maybe Don did dig his heels in, but I think. He's maybe sending a mixed message to the owners there that if we're going to go young with Max Domi and all these other 20-year-olds, and we got a chance at an 18-year-old, so we trade a 25-year-old, so what? And I, you know, I think about a couple of things when you know we, you guys talking about this. I think how 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 often do we see a bona fide number one defenseman moved in a trade? Um, it's it's a rare thing. Chris Pronger's been moved three. times. I know Paul Coffey. Yeah, it happens. It you, happens. You, you can do it. It happens. Those guys. There's just there's maybe ten to fifteen modified number one defensemen in the league, and yeah. everyone else is making do with what else they have. So that's why those guys are so tough to find. But but you can pry them out of there. You can for for reasons. Not, not this isn't necessarily just a hockey trade. This is a trade to save a franchise. And this kid will go in there, a local guy. People will see him because he's a local guy, and he'll. And he'll sell tickets just because he's from Arizona. And I think that's the big attraction to the Arizona Coyotes for this kid. Yeah. Do, you, do you guys think that uh, everybody's sold on Matthews as the clear consensus number one, though? Um, Liney made a lot of uh, friends, I think. Drew a lot of attention from his play in the playoffs. Um, there are people now who suggest that some teams are considering him as number one over Matthews. They will both likely play in the World Championships. Do you think there's a chance at the end of that 
that Line A has enough, uh, has made enough waves that he could draw some serious attention as number one? Uh, yes, but it's easier to trade a center than a defenseman. So I think, I think most teams need centers more than wingers. And I think they're, they're coming up to where they're almost even. But push comes to shove, and one's a center, one's a winger. Usually the center is a little more valuable in terms of drafting than the winger. Well, I agree that maybe you know, Line has made a, a big push for this, and I think it'll all depend on what team actually wins that draft lottery. Um, but I'm always of the consensus that you take the best player available and then you trade for whatever you need. And if you think that Line is, is a better player, then somehow maybe you can get something, an extra pick or, or whatever for for him, for, for Austin Matthews, if another team really wants and needs a guy like Austin Matthews. And I agree with Jim, those centers are they're hard to come by as well. They're, they're, you talk about maybe 15 number one defensemen in the league. How many hot, you know, number one centers in the league are there? They're not 30. I know there are 30 playing in that spot, but I don't think there are 30 legitimate number one centers in the league. So those guys are high commodities as well. And I also wonder, you know, the Arizona Coyotes, I don't know what their attendance is like now. Obviously, they want to fill the building. We haven't seen Austin Matthews play in the NHL either. I mean, obviously, it sounds like a fantastic player. But is that really a, a magic bullet for the Coyotes in a you know in, in the southern United States where the Arizona Cardinals are likely the shining star of the sporting landscape there? Never mind the Diamondbacks and the basketball team and all that jazz. I mean, is it Wayne Gretzky? All, would it we would it be Wayne Gretzky all over again? I guess we have no idea. Well, you have no idea, but everybody loves a star. Yep. I mean, you know, Connor McDavid re-energized this franchise too. So I suspect a kid like Matthews, if he's as good as advertised and. His uh, coach, uh, Crawford, raved about him, you know, when he was in Edmonton and he he made a swing through the West and and talked the kid up like crazy. Um, Yeah, I I think everybody loves a star. I I think he's got the potential to reinvigorate that franchise, which is, you know, clearly struggling. Let's put it this way. If the owner's making the call, he's getting Matthews. Any management person out there would, would say, not a chance I would trade Oliver Ekman Larson for Austin Matthews. I don't care how good Austin Matthews is. He's not Connor McDavid. Oliver Ekman Larson is one of the five or six best defensemen in the world. Not you know so uh, to trade him. I mean I, I can see why Arizona would do it because he's from Arizona. But if it was not Arizona, uh, there's not a chance that any if you pulled thirty NHL general managers would you make that deal for Oliver Ekman Larson? Twenty five of them would say no. Yeah, I think, I think that's why this situation is distinctive, though. I think that's why if, you know, the lottery falls fall in the Oilers' flavor again, that's why this is a real rare opportunity to go get that number one defenseman going into his prime because, to me, I think Arizona is looking at big picture here. And right now, hockey in the southern United States is all about star power, and you need a star player. And, you know, Oliver Ekman Larson may be a star player, but I don't know how many people are coming to watch Oliver Ekman Larson play every night in Arizona. There are people going to come watch Austin Matthews play in Arizona, and I think that's the big difference. And it comes down to, to the to the to the money issue. And, and if they if he can bring people in just because of his name and and what people are expecting out of him, then I think it's it's a big win for Arizona. And I think that's why they're looking at making that deal. And if they don't win it, <laughs> and what if they don't win it? I mean, they don't win it as long as they pick in the top three. I don't think they'll care. If they don't finish, if as long as they can get a pick in the top three and get Line A or the other finish. Yeah, I can't pronounce Pugli- his name. Pugliarvi? Pugliarvi. Uh, I, I don't think they'll complain too much. Now, if they four fall all the way to four, number four, I think there's a very good possibility they could be looking at trading that pick 
figuring if they can get something, you know, a more more ready-made player move back, you know, four or five spots and still get a defenseman. Uh, yeah, they'll be taking a defenseman, you know, in the draft if they don't pick in the top three. Mm. Yeah, going back to the defense too. I, I know Paul Coffey's been traded before. I know Chris Pronger obviously has been traded before. But if it was today, any of the St. Louis Blues, to even trade Chris Pronger, I mean, obviously there's a reason. There are reasons why players get traded. I mean, obviously Pronger was traded away from Edmonton, you know, in very short order after the 06 Cup run. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, it's usually money, and Pronger got traded because St. Louis then didn't have a lot of money, so mm-hmm. they traded Pronger. And Glenn Sather wouldn't pay Paul Coffey the money here, so he traded him. It's usually money. If it's Subban getting traded, it's, you know, because for whatever reason, he doesn't fit with the team. Although I can't fathom why you would keep the coach over P.K. Subban. I mean, we're not talking Scotty Bowman here coaching the Montreal Canadiens. So if it's Michelle Therrien versus P.K. Subban, I'm, <laughs> I would be picking P.K. Subban myself. But uh, maybe he rubs people the wrong way. I'm a little leery of Subban and the Oilers because of the style of game he plays. He carries the puck up the ice. He doesn't pass it. He carries it from point A to point B. The Oilers don't need a transporter of the puck. They need a, somebody who can pass the puck to Co- Connor McDavid while he's skating. And if, if he's just skating up beside... P.K. Subban. I don't think that works very well. Maybe, Dan, you think that's different, but I would suspect they need a guy to pass the puck to him and then follow him up the ice. And yeah, I, no, I would agree with you. I, I think the more efficient thing when you've got a player like McDavid who is fine carrying the puck himself and distributing the puck, you need you need the guy, like Pronger used to be able to do, uh, to hit the forward in full stride, right? I mean, that's that's the player they need. I if you talk about moving defensemen, somebody will do something because there are teams like St. Louis that have a guy like Colton Pareko and Shattenkirk. And maybe you find a need, depending on what happens to them in the playoffs, right, that they've suddenly got a hole somewhere else that they need to fill, and yes, they can afford to move a defenseman. Anaheim could probably afford to move a defenseman. There's, there's teams out there. Are they bona fide number ones? I don't know. Some of them are, right? Colton Pareko, over time, is going to be a hell of a player. He's already a hell of a player. And he's young, and he's huge, and he seems to have enough poise with the puck. But could you pry him out of there now? Not bloody likely. So it's more likely a Shattenkirk move, which I think the Oilers have talked about or thought about. Anyway. Yeah, he won't come here. He won't sign here, though. He want, if his contract's up at the end of the after one more, he won't sign. Play in the West. He wants to play in the East. I don't. Yeah. That's everything I hear. He wants to play in the East. So that might be a non-starter. The Blues want to trade Jay Bowmeister. If they're going to trade a player, it would be Bo Meester. He's older. He's got time left on his contract. And that he would be the player that we'd probably be looking to trade at his dollar figure. And certainly Bo Meester on the orders for another three, four years would be just fine. He's not going to be your number one defenseman for sure because he doesn't put up enough points. Now, he could certainly play in your team as a two probably for another three, four years. But And the Oilers know, need more than one defenseman. They need, they need so, more than yeah. one defenseman. But they need a right, a right side right shooting defenseman for the most part. I noticed the Oilers are not sending lucky Bill Scott to this draft. They're not. Who's going? 
Shirelli. Peter Shirelli is going. Is he wearing Bill's socks? Uh, somebody's well, wearing this is, socks. This is the thing about the lottery. The owners shouldn't be touting, oh, yeah, we're, we're hoping to win it. We're going to bring our lucky socks and our lucky yeah. loon. They should be embarrassed that they're still yeah. at the lottery table when teams that they were, were at the lottery table with them are making it to the second round of the playoffs, uh, i.e. the New York Islanders. This is an embarrassing situation for the Edmonton Oilers. They shouldn't be going there with pomp and circumstance. They should be going down there with their heads down and just going there and not making any noise about it. They win the first overall pick, say thank you very much, and walk out. But to go there and say, yes, we're going to bring our lucky socks and our lucky shoes and our lucky this, and we're hoping that we win the lottery again, so we upset the league again, so they have to change the lottery rules for a third time because we keep winning it. That's an embarrassing state of the fa- of the franchise, and I think that's something that really needs to be pointed out, that this is not fun. This is not something that they should be joking about. This is something This is serious. This team is in such dire straits right now. To win the lot, the lottery five times, or to get the first overall pick five times, it's unprecedented. It's, it's unheard of, and it's embarrassing, and it just shows you the state of your franchise. And I think that's what they got to do. They just got to keep quiet and just go there and do what they have to do and get out of there and be embarrassed that they're sitting at that table again for the sixth time in a row. Like this is just ridiculous. And I think that's one thing that the Oilers really have to take, you know, consider consideration of is that. This is not a good thing, going to the draft lottery every year and trying to win it every year. It's a very, very bad thing, and so you shouldn't try to be celebrating it. Well, and you'll note that it wasn't Shirelli who's celebrating. Shirelli will go there, I think, with the proper demeanor. He's a, a hockey man. He's not a showman. So I don't know that, you know. And I, don't, I don't think there was – I mean, to Derek, everything you say is absolutely true. Although last year when it's McDavid up there, I'd be going with some lucky socks too. If it was, <laughs> they had a chance to get Connor McDavid, I'd be going with whatever I could get. But you're right. I mean, going every year is is ludicrous. And and I mean, there are 14 teams going, so there's not just five. There are 14 teams with a chance to win. But where they pick every year is embarrassing. I mean, with the odds they get every year, they should be embarrassed, and they should be looking at some of the teams that are still playing in the Stanley Cup playoffs and say they're playing and they they don't they're not getting the draft picks we do like St. Louis I just covered the St. Louis series Colton Pareko third round draft choice Robbie Fabry like the seventh 15th player picked in the draft Tarasenko the 17th player picked in the draft Jaden Schwartz about the 17th player these aren't the first players picked in the draft these are these are really good players so you don't have to always be in the lottery to, to get better the orders just are and one of the biggest problems with the Oilers drafting is that they're spending too much time looking at who they're going to pick in one, two, or three. They're devoting too many resources to that first-round pick and not enough resources to the second and third and fourth and fifth-round picks. And this is where the team has failed because they've struck out when it comes to second-round pick, third-round pick, fourth-round pick, fifth-round picks. And I think that's the problem is the way that the scouts are being sent out to scout players. Don't scout the number one, two, three, four guy. Those guys, are you're going to get a good player at that at that spot anyway go look at the 31 to 61 to 91 guys and those are the guys and that's how good teams do it and that's what the orders haven't been doing and that's why they've been striking out at 31 and 61 and 91 well usually, the top usually five guys are obvious anyway yeah, yeah. Exactly. usually at 31 why aren't the orders doing usually that? with the first player well you should in the second round but that's what i mean but that's what i mean that that's you know lots of really teams have really good second line second round draft picks on their teams and the orders have not done very well at that and in fact Jeff Petrie was a second round pick that was the, the year they didn't have a first round pick they traded Wayne Rollison away so they didn't have a first rounder there and I guess they they put all the resources into making sure they picked a good second rounder. I like to think the orders are hopefully scouting for the later rounds but 
They are, but they just uh, but their right. their, their batting average right. batting average hasn't been very good. I don't even know who's making the call at the draft if it's if it's Scott Housen or it's Bob Green or I don't know on the who's making the calls as the as the head knock this year. I was going to say you know to, to what Derek was saying about you know the orders. Uh, talking up the no the lucky lucky socks and everything that was that came from Bob Bob Nicholson, um, and he's the he's the CEO of the whole thing, and uh, you're right. I mean, this has been ten years, ten. And God only knows if it only changes anytime soon. I know we have Connor McDavid in the lineup, but obviously they need more than just that. Um, but when it comes from the leader of the entire franchise, you know, yeah, you, you're right, Derek. I I agree with you and. I just think it's, you know, there's it's more smoke being blown. Well, as I was saying, I don't think it's the hockey operations side that's going to promote that, right? Yeah. And they're the ones who are ultimately responsible for taking this franchise out of this tailspin. So I think Peter Shirelli is a far more serious individual than that. Like, he's not going to brag about, you know, having the the first pick overall if indeed they win it. He'll just, I think he'll just go about his business because that seems to me the kind of guy he is. And that's better for this franchise because Derek's right. They should be embarrassed. They, I suspect many of them are embarrassed that they're back at that table. Uh, Todd McClellan was at times embarrassed with the performance of his team this year. It's an unacceptable thing. Everybody knows it. So they should start acting like it. Everybody. They won't, they, <laughs> they won't turn it down though. No, no, nor nor would anybody. No, you don't turn it down, but you don't say, "Hey, we're we're hoping." It, it just it the just, day the days of the of the draft lottery parties and stuff like that are kind of. I yeah. don't. I don't. Imagine. Especially when you, when you look at when they when they were the first draft lottery or the second draft lottery, who was sitting beside them? Florida was sitting beside them. The New York Islanders were sitting beside them, and those teams went somewhere. Right? And those teams at one time were the laughing stock of the league. People were like, well, at least we're not the Florida Panthers. At least we're not the New York Islanders. And now people are saying, oh, at least we're not the Edmonton Oilers. Like, and that's something that has to change. And one of the problems is, is that the new regime comes in here trying to fix the mess of the old regime. And it takes two years to fix that mess before they can even move forward. This year was spent cleaning up the mess that Craig McTavish made, who was cleaning up the mess that Steve Tamalini made, who was cleaning up the mess that Kevin Lowe made. So it, that's... It, it's a it's a it's a vicious cycle that this team is in, and 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 I, and I hope Steve uh, Peter Shirley is able to get this out of out of this cycle. But that's the problem that the Oilers are in is that they they have this this cycle of, of they leave a mess, and the next guy has to clean clean it up, and the guy that shows up says, "Well, I wasn't here for ten years. I've only been here for two years, so you can't really put this all on me." Well, yeah, you're part of the franchise now, and the franchise should take responsibility for what's happened here the last ten years. All right. Well, well, you really came fired up this morning. <laughs> Holy smokes, I should get you to bed we're early more often. <laughs> we're just kind of long for the ride. Wow. No coffee for you. Like We were reasoned in our, our <laughs> opinions, but you just dove right in there. Yeah. So I'll throw this out here. Uh, the last word. Well, Dan, last word on this podcast. The last word. Well, for each of you, last word, last word for Derek, last word for Matty. Okay, well, my last word would be, if there is a hockey god, the Oilers will not win the lottery. I think they they deserve probably to drop down a couple spots um, just because you shouldn't. I know that every draft in every sport rewards failure and they're being rewarded way too often. 
I agree. I think it, w- it would be bad for the league. It would be bad for the Oilers if they won the draft lottery. I know a lot of people are hoping that happens. Um, in a sense, I'm ho- for a while there, I thought I hope that happens because I think it'd be funny for the league and how they would change the draft lottery rules again. But I, I really honestly think that the Oilers have to start concentrating more on getting quality second and third round picks as opposed to worrying about what player they're going to get one, two, or three because you're going to get a good player at that draft lottery. Just worry about what you're going to bring along with that player because you can't have just one guy planning out for you every year from that draft. Uh, I think if the Oilers pick uh, third even, I think that would be just fine. If They would still get a, a winger who can play and they could trade one of their other wingers for a defenseman. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you.